All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason and I am your host. This is the show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking to help prepare you for that career change. And so we are studying valuation. And yes, my name is Alex Mason. I'm just really grateful that you're here with me today listening to Investment Banking Insights because we're just learning so much. Today, we're going to cover what the flaws of public company comparables are. We talked about comparable companies as one of the three major valuation methodologies. And essentially, we're looking at a company, usually in the stock market, or a company that is publicly traded, and we're comparing it to another business, for example, one that we're working on in a current deal. And this can be very useful, right? Because we understand that if companies have similar attributes, both financial and non-financial attributes, then there's good reason to be able to make similar projections or similar estimates of a business's value. And you know, we spent a lot of time talking about equity value, enterprise value, those kinds of things. But the thing is, no method is perfect. And we touched on this a little bit in yesterday's episode, why would two comparable companies be valued differently? This kind of speaks to what the flaws of public company comparables actually are. Because if you have two businesses, and let's say that they both trade in the stock market, I mean, first of all, we have to revisit the fact that no two companies are exactly alike. No matter how similar they are, there's always going to be differences. And so if these companies are publicly traded on the stock market, we know from investor psychology and just observation that the stock market is not rational. The stock prices go up, they go down, they go sideways. People spend their entire lives and careers trying to predict what this human invention of capitalism called the stock market will do. (laughs) And most of the time, they are wrong. (laughs) Sometimes they're right, but most of the time they're wrong. And that's just because the stock market is fundamentally just an auction-based mechanism for people's emotions and how they feel about the value of a company at a given point in time. That is all it is. It is a market. And in any market, you're going to have human emotions play a role into it. I don't care how many algorithms get invented. I don't care how much artificial intelligence develops and is used for the purposes of trading and financial markets. These things are being driven by people. If you trace back the decisions, every algorithm is coded by a human being, um, except for the case of machine learning. But even then, (laughs) I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. You can tell I think about these things. But fundamentally, my point is that the stock market is emotional. So companies can fluctuate very wildly between being overvalued, fairly valued, or undervalued, depending on the day. If you look at McDonald's stock and you look at where it's at today, you look at where it's at five days ago, you look at where it's at a year ago, the prices are all going to be different. Now, did the value of McDonald's as a business change that much in five days or in a year? Um, Maybe, but it may also be improbable depending on the business itself. All this to say, stock market is emotional, doesn't always reflect the true value of any business at any given time. So that's a flaw of public company comparables because you're relying on the stock market 
but share prices are not always what they should be if you were to look at it from an intrinsic value or a discounted cash flow basis. And then another point here that's important to note is that share prices for small, thinly traded companies may not reflect the real value of the business, especially those companies. Now, we all know what I say, what I mean when I say a small business, right? Like maybe they're making 10 million, 100 million in revenue. That's a a relatively small business in the eyes of the financial markets. Thinly traded, what does that mean? That means the market for the company's stock is not very liquid. Remember, we talked about this concept of liquidity a couple dozen episodes ago. Liquidity means that there's many buyers and sellers in the market who are waiting to execute on a trade. If a stock is illiquid, then a lot of people are not buying and selling that stock on a regular basis. And illiquid markets sometimes don't reflect true value. Think about the example of a house. Homes aren't bought and sold nearly as frequently as stocks are, so the true value may not be reflected in an appraisal at one point in time. I mean, you may get an appraisal this year that says your house is worth $300,000, and then you know, a year later, you might get another appraisal that says it's worth 400000 I mean, is that really the true value of the house? Like, we don't really know. It's just an estimate. So in a thinly traded market, true value may not be reflected, and that's an analogy you can carry over to public company comparables. So those are some of the flaws of using public company comparables. They can be great, but it's not a perfect system. So that's what you should know. That's what I got for you today. This is Alex Mason with Investment Banking Insights. I'm so grateful that you joined me. And in the next episode, we're going to be talking about this concept of competitive advantages. All right. I'll see you next time.